This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All righty, hour number two of our radio program, Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. I have to address two listeners in particular. Number one, where is Ryan in Santa Barbara today? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. All year guaranteed that the Niners would be Super Bowl champions. I'm surprised we haven't heard from him. Now, he sent this Van Lewin earlier in the year. Maybe we should send him some uh, ice cream today to kind of ease away the pain of his Niners choking once again in a big game. The other guy I have to uh, call out is Largen Parks in the YouTube chat, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. You know, some people have a weird obsession with radio hosts when they get things wrong. Oh, admit that you're wrong. Admit that you're wrong. I don't have the ego where I do the whole, I never said that, right? Like, that's not me. I understand I'm on three hours a day, five days a week, and then also eight hours each and every NFL football regular season Sunday. I get a ton of crap right. I get a ton of crap wrong. So, Largent today is all on me because I picked the Niners to win a close game in the Super Bowl when all week I said it was a 50-50 toss-up. And I was taking the Niners just solely because everyone was picking Kansas City, it felt like. So let me just do this for Largent so he could stop crying and stop kicking his uh, his feet and slamming his uh, hands into a pillow crying. Oh, Gilb's not admitting that he's wrong. Largent, this is for you. I was wrong about the Super Bowl. Oh, it pains me. It's going to ruin my life. I don't know how I'm going to do the next two hours of the show. I don't know how I'm going to recover. You know what? Maybe I should just retire. You know, at 29 years old, I'm just going to retire before my 30th birthday, walk away, and this will be the uh, Samter and Stu show. All righty? That's what it's going to be. I'm just going to walk away. I'm going to fade away into retirement because I predicted the wrong winner of the Super Bowl, and I doubted Kansas City this year. Congratulations to the Chiefs. You won a Super Bowl. You won a championship. A lot of people were doubting you. I doubted you. I won't doubt you again because of who your quarterback is, who your coach is, who your star tight end is, but... To make this out, Largent, that I am refusing to admit that I'm wrong, it's just lame and it's untrue. Like, where have you been for the last two weeks where I said I didn't think Kansas City was going to get back to the Super Bowl? I was wrong, and they're there. And not only are they in the Super Bowl, they won the entire damn thing. So there you go, Largent. You know what? Let me give you a slow clap. You happy? That's what you want? Jeez Louise. All righty. This is Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. So we'll get to the phones in just a second. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. 
to further discuss the decision by Kyle Shanahan in overtime. The other thing that I'm seeing, and it's like right after the game, I went to the bathroom. And there's there's actually always good conversation in two places post-Super Bowl. The bathroom and then also the airport. So in the bathroom, one take I heard was Jake Moody costs the 49ers the Super Bowl. Which I don't really understand that one because of all the kicks that he did make when the when the 49ers were stalling. So I guess that's off the extra point because when the Chiefs were driving at the end, they would have needed to put the ball in the end zone. But let's just say that if Kansas City knew they had to put the ball in the end zone, I think they would have found a way to put the ball in the end zone at the end of the game because they quickly moved the ball down that field in under two minutes. Now, you made that extra point earlier. You went up by four at the end of the game instead of three. But is anyone doubting that Mahomes wouldn't have put the ball in the end zone at the end of the game? They tried to. They were being safe because they knew in their back pocket they could hit the field goal and put the game into overtime. So the two parts of the narrative from the Super Bowl that I think are unfair is Shanahan taking the ball first had no problem because I understood you're playing for that third possession. And then the other, I know we like to pin things on kickers. The extra point got blocked, but I don't think that's the reason why the Niners lost the game. The reason the Niners lost the game is they had many opportunities when they looked like the better team to pull away and really distance themselves from the Kansas City Chiefs, and they were never able to do so. I don't think one extra point getting blocked really made the difference in the game. So those are the two things that, even though the 49ers deserve to get slammed today, and 49ers fans should be sick to their stomach because they blew an opportunity to win the the Super Bowl, I don't think the conversation around Shanahan in just regards to the decision in overtime to take the ball first is fair. I don't think people crushing Moody today for the extra point is fair either. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's start things off with John in South Carolina. He wants to discuss Kyle Shanahan's decision in overtime. John, go ahead. You're on the Zach Yelp Show on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, talk to you. Listen to you tonight, too. Good show always. But, boy, and what you're saying about Kansas City and the dynasty stuff and all that, that's all right on the target. But you guys are both way, way off on that Shanahan uh, flip. We're pulling a bunch of what is and what would have happened. I would love to hear what Reed would have said if he would have done if he got the chance to. Uh, well, he, call. he said he's, he would have taken the ball second, and they would have gone for two if, if let's say, the 49ers got a touchdown. That was, uh, that okay. was a good, uh, good read in the ringer today. All right, well, I didn't hear that. He already said that. Yeah, I would have definitely taken it second. And the reason is really simple. So, John, wait, just real quickly, do the, and this, I'm not trying to cut you off and make this combative. I'm just curious because a lot of people today feel like Shanahan should have uh, taken the ball second. I'm just wondering why you felt that way because I just don't really understand why people are crushing him. So I, I'm curious what the explanation is on, on your behalf and why you thought Shanahan should have taken the ball second. Well, I happen to be a real numbers guy from my marketing days, and what happens is simply this. We're going to do the two what-if scenarios. San Francisco gets the ball. It's fourth and nine at their own 35. They're probably going to punt, would you think? When they get the ball first? You're saying when they take the ball first? Yeah, they probably would punt the ball. Okay, but instead they go down and get a field goal. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Kansas City gets the ball. 
same scenario there. They're at fourth and ninth or thirty-five. They know they got to do something, so they're going to go for it. Sure. By letting them go second, you're giving that team the chances to know what they have to do when it's not a, when, you know not what play. And, and that but. and that's fine, John. But then what happens if you were able to hold and they weren't able to? But what happens if you were able to hold? Kansas City to a field goal. Then you get the ball and you're driving. Yeah, but, All you need is a field goal to win the game. But that wouldn't have happened because San Francisco would have had to go for the touchdown just for that same thing you're talking about. They're going to go for it, and they did go for it. I think didn't they go for a fourth and some on that drive? Kansas City, yeah, it was it was fourth and a yard, and Mahomes ran the ball. Okay, but still, there's the point. They knew no matter what the yardage was in that play, they were going to go ahead. And the other thing is, there's other math in this. Yeah, but but John, here, here's the part that doesn't make sense to me. I understand okay. you have the knowledge that you're going to have to go for it, but can this great San Francisco 49ers defense make a play? Like, all the Niners, they, the Niners knew once they got the touchdown, they just had to hold Mahomes to a field goal, and then they're driving to go win the game. They just weren't able to do that. And that's the problem with me. And thanks for the phone call, John. With all these scenarios now, where we always just assume that when it's fourth down, the team's going to get it. The defense can make a play. And I know Mahomes is is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but the Niners, their defense couldn't make a play when they needed to. The Chiefs were. And for most of that game, it was field goals, field goals, field goals, field goals. There wasn't a ton of touchdowns in this game. There were a ton of field goals in this game. So I can't crush Shanahan for taking the ball first. But then his defense, they folded up against Mahomes, and it happens. But I'm not crushing him for taking the ball first and then hoping that your defense was going to able to match what just happened with your offense and holding Kansas City, and then you're driving to go win the game. I, I just I, Sometimes things happen. I don't see the other side of the argument. On this case, I really don't see the other side of the argument. Now, God bless Andy Reid, who said, or basically implied that if – if the Niners got a touchdown, they would go get a touchdown, and then they would have gone for two. Fine. You still got to make the stop. And the Niners weren't able to make the stop, so you got to credit Mahomes for that. But I can't crush Shanahan for taking the ball first. It just doesn't compute to me. I don't see it. So here's a question. So Reed said he would have gone for two yes. had they scored the touchdown to match the 49ers. Mm-hmm. What if it's like third and three at the 30-yard line? And, or fourth and three at the 30-yard line, and you're the Chiefs. Are you saying that you're going to go for it on fourth down rather than kick the tying field goal? Is that what Andy Reid basically would have done I would have kicked the also? field goal in that spot. Right, so I guess is Andy Reid saying we would have gone for two, also saying we would have gone for it on fourth down Maybe. in those kinds of know. situations that rather than going for the field goal? That, that, that I don't know, but I think it would have been a great conversation and it would have been a great talking point. And, let's, yeah. and let me tell you what would have happened. He goes for it there on that fourth and three, down by three with the season line. They don't get it. When they bypass the field goal, they don't get it. Everyone's crushing him. He gets it. Oh, he's he's a genius. All the time. I I am an in-the-moment person. And and that's what I always do with coaches. I react in the moment, and I carry it through right or wrong on the decision. Right or wrong. I didn't think that was a wrong moment in the decision by Shanahan. So I'm not going to be a hypocrite and just slam him because everyone else is slamming him. Let's go to Paul in Michigan next up on CBS Sports Radio. The only thing that I will slam Shanahan for is his team didn't know how the rules worked in overtime. That's on the coach. But the actual decision, take the ball first. I won't crush him. Paul, go ahead. Yeah, sir. Um, yeah, so what I wanted to tell you is, is um, I, I agree with what you're saying. Fellas, here's the thing, okay? And tell me if this makes sense. There's 15 minutes in overtime, okay? If you noticed in that overtime, they took about nine minutes, okay? And I think Shanahan is kicking himself more today because they didn't score 
the touchdown, okay, they kicked the field goal, but here's the thing. The clock doesn't matter, though. You still get the possession uh, no matter how long the clock is. The clock was irrelevant. I know I understand that, but but if you but if you have the ball, let's say they would have held it for eleven minutes. That means Kansas City only has the ball for four minutes. They only have four minutes. To no, score, it's right? not. No, it's true? not. The clock is irrelevant. The clock was just there. It it, 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 you could go to zero. It does not matter there. You still get the oh, full well, possession. Okay, then. And and, and okay. Paul, Paul, I, I thought this in the stadium. Everyone was like, "Oh, they're going to run out of time. They're going to run out of time." No one knew about the clock, uh, unless I don't think I'm I'm misunderstanding that. But I think at the end of the game, everyone realized that the, the clock was totally irrelevant in overtime. Th- that was a confusing part. I knew it was possession, possession, and then you could go win the game if both teams match. I did not know that the clock was irrelevant. And, <laughs> and Che, you could, you could just equally crush me. Oh, well, you don't really know the rules of overtime. But that's not really my job to teach the rest of the team that. Right? I'm a fan that has a microphone. I get confused about things. How Shanahan, who gets paid millions and millions of dollars... It felt like his team didn't have a damn clue what was going on in overtime. Let's go to Dave in Miami next up on CBS Sports Radio. Dave, what's shaking? Go ahead. Hey, hey Mr. Gell, what's going on? Mr. Negative. Why am I Mr. Negative? Not me, Mr. Negative. Oh, you're Mr. Negative? Yeah, because you know Mr. Positive calls you all the time. Actually, Mr. Mr. Delusional, he calls you all the time. But, uh, you know, I'm the opposite. Oh, are you talking um, about Ryan? No, I'm talking about Greg from Michigan, Mr. Positive slash delusional. Okay. I, I don't really get it, but go ahead, Dave. Uh, you don't need to trash the other calls. What's your point today? No, we, we have a friendly rivalry. But um, the, the, the thing is that I think that if Shanahan were to lose his job either today or next season, I think it would be perfect for Belichick to come in and take it. That would be the opportune, opportune, uh, opportunity for him. And i also like to make, um, make a shout-out if I can. Okay. My boy's son, he plays for uh, Bucknell. His name is Brandon McCreesh from the Bronx. My man's a point guard, and he's doing his thing. Thank you, Mr. Gelb. You have a good day. I love the show, bro. You got it, Dave. Appreciate the time. I think Dave just brings up a bunch of people on the show that I have no clue. I, You know, God bless basketball career. I think it was on the, on the back end. God bless whatever you want to do. Congratulations. Hope it, it goes great. Um, but the first part... I've uh, what is that is that rivalry on pay per view on our on our call line? I'm not familiar with that rivalry between. Those I, two I certainly callers. don't remember any Greg in Michigan. I yeah. certainly don't remember any rivalry between a Greg and a Dave. <laughs> so I don't know if he's thinking of the right show or maybe yeah. there's something else that we're missing. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I like Dave. Uh, he's he's a fun caller. I like large in the YouTube chat, but I feel like those guys are just fighting today to fight. I think they're just throwing haymakers, which probably tells me both guys probably lost a lot of money on the game, and one's just going to take it out on Greg, and the other one's just going to take it out on me. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, let's go to Dave in North Carolina next up on CBS Sports Radio. Dave, what's happening? Yo, what up, Zach? I, I just wanted to point out how great this Mahomes championship actually is. If Going into the playoffs, I had the top three teams in no particular order, but definitely Baltimore, mm-hmm. San Francisco, San Francisco and Buffalo and Mahomes went through all three of those teams in the last three games, right? I mean, everybody going into the playoffs was saying, oh, Baltimore is going to win it or San Francisco is going to win it or everybody was on the Dolphins. They ran through the Dolphins in that first game. So this championship, he was actually an underdog in three games. If, if you're not going to get Mahomes and the Chiefs this year, 
ever going to get them. And, and Dave, you want to know the craziest part about it? I don't even think Kansas City played their best brand of football in the playoffs. There were moments where they did not look like they were going to win, and it was still better than everybody else's. Exactly. I mean, in, in think back to that uh, Christmas Day game when they played the Raiders. I am not a Chiefs fan. I, I, I'm from North Carolina. I don't pull for the Chiefs. But when I see greatness, when I watch Alabama football, when I watch Kansas City football, it, it, I can't help but to like it because it, it's just good quality football. And they can beat you with their B or C game. It reminds me of Golden State when they had their dynasty going. And you would you, Golden State would be playing their C game, and you're playing your A game, and you're up by seven. And then all of a sudden, Golden State with Durant and Curry and all those boys, they would turn it on, and then they'd be up by ten points. Just like in the third quarter, they'd just make a little three-minute spurt. Same thing with the Chiefs. They can just kind of lull you to sleep. They're down by ten. They've been down by double digits in all these Super Bowls. They're down by ten. Next thing you know, they make a play or two, and they got you where you want them. Yeah, Dave, it's a good point, and I appreciate the phone call. You know, you look at that last Golden State championship, I didn't even think they played their best, and it was still better than everybody else's. You want to look at the Patriots' last championship – that was not a feared team going into the postseason. It was still better than everybody else's. That's kind of what Kansas City did this year, where they didn't even play their best, and it was still better than everybody else. And it just speaks to the greatness of uh, of really the Kansas City Chiefs. All righty, let's take a break. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Jay Gruden will join us next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All righty, recapping the Super Bowl day after the game. We're back from Las Vegas. Got on the red eye right after the game last night. Quickly got back to our New York City headquarters And away we go all the way up until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio. It's the Zach Gelb Show. And now joining us to recap the big game from last night is former NFL head coach N.J. Gruden, kind enough to join us once again on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coach, first and foremost, thank you for doing this. How you been? Been good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, anytime. So what's so impressive to me about this Kansas City championship is that I don't even think they played their best brand of football in this postseason. They looked vulnerable at times, and it was still better to outlast everybody else. Uh, How about what Kansas City did last night to secure another championship? Well, not just last night. Going to Buffalo, playing the hottest team in football at that time was impressive to beat Josh Allen there. And then going to Baltimore, who was the hottest team in the league, 
uh, and beating them handily at Baltimore was quite a feat. And then obviously to play San Francisco, who at one time throughout the season was by far the best team in the National Football League. So those are three heavyweight championship fights they won, and they won in different ways. You know, they won uh, defensively in Buffalo. They played great. Patrick Mahomes did his thing. They ran the ball extremely well in all three games um, with, well, good balance. But uh, I think the story really obviously is Patrick Mahomes, but defensively Kansas City just played really well, really sound tackling, and played big in big-time situations, especially on third down and in the red zone. And, you know, when you go up against Mahomes and you have an opportunity to take them out of the game, you got to pounce. It felt like for a good portion of that game, the Niners were the better team, but they were just never able to really pull away that much further on the scoreboard. There was a lot of missed opportunities by the Niners. Yeah, for sure. It was 10 to nothing. It felt like it was 24 to nothing. But uh, at the end of the day, they cut it to 10 to three at the end of the half and and they had the ball coming out. And you just kind of had a feeling that you just can't let Patrick Mahomes hang around. And that's what happened. Then they got the big turnover on the punt, uh, took the lead, but San Fran fought back and then obviously went to overtime and, and things happened the way they happened. But you got to credit Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes and that entire offense for hanging with the plan because they weren't very good early in the game. San Fran did a great job defensively. I think there's a lot to crush Shanahan about in this game, but I hear a lot of people killing him today for taking the ball first in overtime. I didn't have a problem with it, though, personally. How about yourself? Yeah, I think the thing that I had a problem with, and not really a problem, but I, I would second guess is if you're going to take it first there, I think you go for it on fourth down there in the red zone and try to back up Kansas City and force them to play uh, smart football and not give them that extra down. But when you kick the field goal and you go up three, you're giving Patrick Mahomes four downs to get first downs and keep drives going. Whereas if you go for it, even if you don't get it, you got them backed up and you have a chance to get the ball back and then win it on the third possession. That's what Kyle's goal was. Uh, I just think they should have gone for it that deep in Kansas City's territory. When you look back at the Niners' defense, you know for the first three quarters, I thought they were really solid. You're, you're right. Uh, that uh, that punt return uh, changed the entire complexion of the game, and then in the fourth quarter, it turned into a shootout. Did you see anything differently with the Niners' defense in the fourth quarter and overtime? Were they just gassed, or was it just inevitable that eventually Mahomes was going to stand up and just kick ass and take names? Well, I think Kansas City played their style of football. They got Kelsey back involved. He only had one catch for one yard in the first half. Ended up with nine for 90, I believe it was. Rasheed Rice came in and made some plays as well on some shallow crosses. They got some of the concepts, got to some of the concepts that they've been good at all year, some of the shallow crosses uh, and things of that nature. So I just think early on in the game, uh, they were getting pretty good pass rush. They had pretty good coverage on Patrick, and Patrick struggled a little bit. But then once they settled down and got their playmakers the ball, that's when they started to be more effective. Talking to Jay Gruden right now, how much longer do you think the window is open for the 49ers? Because they've been there for a bunch of years. They've come up short. You know the mental and physical grind of this game. Was this really their last opportunity last night, or do you still think they could find a way to eventually get over the hump and, and hoist the Lombardi Trophy with this group? I think they can. I think the NFC is kind of uh, not in a great spot right now. There's not a lot of powerhouses in the NFC, I think, you know, you look at Green Bay and, and Jordan Love emerging a little bit. You look at the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Um, the Rams will probably get a little bit better when they get some more help uh, at, added their way. Um, Chicago, if they get Caleb Williams, they might be a threat. Who knows? But I think with Brock Purdy and the team that they have, if they can keep the majority of those guys, uh, they'll be okay. Because Purdy, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk has have a heck of a year. Uh, Kittle, obviously, the defense is still pretty sound. If they can keep their playmakers intact, then they'll be there again. 
And you talk about the playmakers. It was alarming to me. I know they were both dealing with some injuries, but uh, Debo Samuel and George Kittle, with how explosive they are and how important they are to what the Niners do, both had uh, underwhelming games in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know if Debo hurt his hamstring or what, but you're right. You know, you'd think that they would have found out more creative ways to get Debo the ball because he is that explosive when he has the ball in his hands. That's what his strength is, catching the screens and and running the reverses or the arounds or the bubble screens or what have you. Uh, they just didn't get him involved too much. I don't know if it's because he was hurt or not. And then obviously Kittle, I thought he'd have a big day because Spags played a lot of two-shell uh, early downs, and I thought that would open it up for Kittle, but just didn't happen that way. Credit Kansas City's defense for targeting their best players and not letting them beat them. Talking to Jay Gruden, do you think the 49ers, I know McCaffrey statistically had a great game outside of the fumble. Do you think they could have used him a little bit more, though, especially on the ground in the second half? I think second half they got away from him a little bit, and uh, I think that's probably, if Kyle has a regret, uh, probably be that. They didn't get him the ball more in the second half when it was crunch time. I think they threw seven out of eight passes at one point and ended up kicking a field goal there at the end. Uh, but I think... Uh, you have such a dynamic player like Christian and, and sometimes as a play caller, you want to try to be a little creative and get the ball down the field and show some cool pass concepts. I just think their bread and butter was running and running left, especially behind Trent Williams. I know a lot of people refer to Kyle Shanahan as a great coach. I know people use the word great very easily these days. I call him a good coach, a very good coach. Uh, he keeps on getting close, but they keep on choking away these games where they have 10 point leads. Your evaluation of Shanahan as a head coach, Jay Gruden, is what? Well, he's been very solid, obviously. Even as a coordinator, he's got his teams in positions to be successful and have the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl three different times is pretty impressive. It's not easy to do. I just think uh, he's struggled on third down in key situations in these big games, and that's something they're going to have to look at in the offseason. How can they be better on third down in crunch time? Because first, second down, there's nobody better than Kyle uh, you know, and Matt LaFleur, these guys that do the running game and the play actions on first down, second down, they're effective as hell. But third down is what their issue has been, and that's why they haven't won the big game. Wrap it up with Jay Gruden. From a historical standpoint, and we know how much uh, you love offense in the NFL, to see what Mahomes has done his first six years as a starting quarterback, uh, to go to four Super Bowls, to win three of them, all the legendary comebacks that he's had. Uh, what is the thought of one Jay Gruden when you look at it from a historical con uh, context of of Pat Mahomes? Well, first off, uh, Kansas City did the the greatest move in NFL history in trading up to get that guy, and uh, you know that, nobody really understood it. Nobody really knew who Patrick Mahomes was out of Texas Tech, and now what he's done in his first six or seven years is is legendary stuff, man. He's been uh, MVP of the Super Bowl three times. He's already won three three Super Bowls. He's been MVP of the league twice. Uh, this is uh, the greatest talent we've seen at this position for a very long time. You know, Tom Brady did it for a long, a lot longer time. So you got to give him his credit. But I've never seen a quarterback take the league over like this and make plays in critical situations and big games as consistently as Patrick Mahomes has. And he's the best. He's the best I've ever seen. How would you rank the three greatest quarterbacks of all time? Because now it feels like it's a conversation of Brady, Montana, and, and Patrick Mahomes. So what would your, your top three be then in that order? Well, I said that uh, if they're all 22 years old right now, I take Mahomes just because his ability to make plays uh, off script, off schedule. Uh, Tom Brady, obviously, right now is number one because of longevity and consistency to do it that many times, that many years in a row is impressive. You can't take that from him. So he's the best of all time. And then Patrick's right there at number two. Then I'd go Montana and, and whoever else after that, Manning. And uh, been some great ones. But uh, Brady's at the top of the list right now. But Mahomes is catching them fast. 
wrapping up with Jay Gruden right now. You know, when we talk about Kansas City, it's always obviously about the quarterback, Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. I know we touched a little bit on Steve Spagnola, but to see what he did up against Lamar and the Ravens, and then also when it looked like that game could have been getting away, his defense, they found the way to make stops and force the Niners uh, to field goals. I know his head coaching career did not uh, go well with the Rams, but to see what he's been able to do with the Giants, now the Chiefs, as a defensive coordinator, it's just unbelievable uh, to see what Spags is doing in this uh, last chapter in Kansas City. Yeah, exactly right. And they have some really good players over there, but you got to credit Spags. He does a great job of keeping offenses off balance. He blitzes you. He'll play coverage. Uh, they play man-to-man. They can do everything uh, defenses have to do to be successful. They buy into a scheme, and they go out there at Kansas City, credit their GM, too, for getting guys that are tough physical players, especially up front, and then in the secondary, guys that can really tackle. And they pursue the football extremely well, and they don't give up big plays. Uh, holding teams under 17 points the entire season in Kansas City with all the offenses they played in the AFC is impressive, and Spags deserves a ton of credit. Jay, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for jumping on board to us today, and enjoy the offseason, all right? Got it. Thanks, Zach. There you go. Jay Gruden joining us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Really good breakdown of the game from last night. We know about the greatness of Patrick Mahomes and then the underappreciated part of Steve Spagnola as well. And uh, I think he hit the nail right on the head with Shanahan. He probably does regret not utilizing Christian McCaffrey more in the run game in the uh, second half. Um, You know, I I understand, I guess, what he's saying with the overtime situation. I still feel like it was not the wrong decision to take the ball first because you were playing for that third possession. But, yes, we all get spooked out by Mahomes. We know how great Mahomes is as an NFL player, and he's already a top three quarterback of all time. You could rank him however you want, and you probably won't get a big complaint out of anybody. Uh, but in that case, the Niners, their defense, they got to make a play. And they had to hold him to a field goal, and they weren't able to do that. And there was other times in the game they were able to, but when the game was on the line, uh, in that overtime, you saw the the Niners get a field goal, and the Chiefs got a touchdown. You don't need a PhD in football to know that that was the difference, and that's what won Kansas City the game. And it was a lack of being able to pull away by the 49ers when they had opportunities to do so. And when you give Mahomes opportunities, when you give Mahomes chances to stay alive and feel like he could find a way to get control back of the ship and make it sailing in his direction, he's going to find a way to do that 9.9999999 times out of 10. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break when we come on back. Samter, I got a very, very, very disappointing text from Samter after the game. You know, the energy of this show, the bond of this show was at an all-time high during Super Bowl week. And just when Samter, not, you know, it's not going to sound right. Just when he finally won me over. And I don't think that's like the right way to put it. It sounds wrong when I say that. So don't take that offensively. But right when I was like, Samter's a 10 out of 10, right? He's awesome. He's unbelievable. He can't disappoint. I've had a lot of producers that have done some questionable things that I really like. Samter was like a 10 out of 10 week. And then he may have just ruined it all on late Sunday evening. I could not believe the text that I got regarding the game Sunday evening from Samter. Like when Samter realized uh, Dan, uh, it was Todd Bowles not taking the timeout in the Bucks-Lions game. That was a great call, a great moment. Samter was on an island, an island recognizing something that no one else recognized. That was like a championship moment, a Mahomes moment by Samter. But then 
the text I got from Samter last night, it was like a Rex Grossman moment. Or actually, I'll take it a, a, a step even uh, further below. Because this guy, I saw him all throughout the week. Uh, he's a friend, and he was actually on my flight last night. Samter, what happened to him in the Super Bowl was like Dan Orlovsky running out of the back of the end zone and not realizing it. Samter's got some splaining to do. We'll find out what his infraction was and what the punishment's going to be on the other side. But first, we send it to the man to my left. And that, of course, is the Ackman, Rich Ackerman, with the latest CBS Sports. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. I feel wrong right now because I'm. they gave us these big hats at Radio Row. So I'm wearing the big hat San Francisco 49ers version. And Samter has his Kansas City Chiefs big hat on. When they gave us these on Radio Row, we look like a bunch of bobbleheads, by the way. Man. I feel like I'm in the sphere all over again where you didn't need any uh, performance enhancers to feel like you were tripping when you were at the sphere with that light show that we saw when Samter and I were just uh, shaking our, our big hats uh, right now. But something that I felt so like I hate wearing team gear that isn't my team, if that makes sense, Samter. So when they gave us these hats, they also had a generic Super Bowl logo. And that's the one that I really wanted because then I could wear it and not feel wrong. Like right now I feel wrong wearing the San Francisco 49ers big hat. It just, it, it doesn't feel right. But anyway, you got some explaining to do. So Stu has no clue about this. I got a text late last night from Samter. You're not going to believe what happened to me during the game. And Samter basically gave me like the nacho version of it the pigs in the blanket version of it. It was the appetizer of it. I didn't want the main course. I didn't want the dessert yet because I wanted to really fully hear this live on the air. But to kind of give you the story before Samter explains it, Stu, just so you could be on the same page and everyone else can, Samter missed the ending of the Super Bowl. Oh, no. Big Kansas City Chiefs fan (laughs) missed the ending of the Super Bowl last night. You know, the big game, the last game of the season. Samter, once again, missed the ending of the Super Bowl. So first and foremost, Samter, you look like you're fine. So I don't think this was a health issue, which I'm glad to hear. It's not like you had some freak accident, had to get rushed to the hospital. 
But when I got that text, I was very concerned about you. I was like, what the heck is going on? Samter missed the ending of the Super Bowl. Like, there's just some things in life you can't do. One of them is miss the ending to a Super Bowl. And this wasn't like Broncos Seahawks where you could afford to miss the ending where the game was basically over at halftime. This game ended up being a crappy game into a great game. So I need you to explain to me and explain it very slowly so I could wrap my head around it on how you missed the ending to the Super Bowl. Go ahead. Well, really, it's just I wasn't interested in the game, so I just turned it off and walked away, and that was really it. There was, it wasn't like it was a very interesting game, you know. Mm-hmm. The first half was 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 gangbusters. I mean, best first half in Super Bowl history. Mm-hmm. The rest of the game was Sarcastic just boring Santa. and lame, so I walked away. All right, so I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to just lay this out here. Yeah, well, we appreciate honesty on the I'm, show. I'm not... I'm not throwing blame anywhere else other than myself. Oh, this means he's about to throw someone under the bus. Hold on. What's that noise? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the bus is backing up. We got a big bus here. Go ahead. It would be a smaller bus might be necessary, but no. Oh, wait, hold on. Is this your wife's fault? No. No, no, no. I hope your wife is listening right now watching. No, no, no. Not the wife. Not the wife. Not the wife. And and honestly, it's the baby? not. It's not really the baby's fault either. But oh, this is a family problem. But here's here's Anyone where got it popcorn? starts. Anyone got some s'mores right now? Let me hold on. <sighs> let me kick my feet up for the rest of this story. My feet are up right now in the studios. <sighs> oh, let's go. What do we got? All right. So so the baby did nothing wrong. She is an angel. But she's I, adorable. It's not her fault at all, except for the fact. <laughs> That this wouldn't have happened if, if it wasn't for the baby. <laughs> so it's not her fault. I'm not blaming her, but it wouldn't this have happened a dead without man it. walking right now. I hope his wife is listening. So, so what happened? <sighs> All right. Well, game Wait, starts. Wait, hold on, hold on. What's that noise? <laughs> Bus is backing up. Go ahead. Game starts at 6:30 Eastern. Mm-hmm. Baby gets her bath at 6:30. Oh, come on. I mean, that's just the routine we have. And then she eats at 7, 7.15 after bath. And, you know, my wife offered to feed the baby, but I've been away for a week. And we wanted to watch the game together, my wife and I. So even if she was feeding the baby, I would have to be upstairs watching something else so that I wasn't watching the game or looking at my phone and finding anything else out. So... You know, I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to have to wait anyway, whether I, I'm i sitting upstairs while you feed her or vice versa. Either way, the game is going to be on pause. Wait, now, time out. Yeah. Why couldn't your, is your baby just, is it just milk still at this point? Yeah. You couldn't hold the baby, little bottle, watching the game in front of the television at 630? No, no, because the baby is the most distracted. Alexandra is my daughter's name. And mm-hmm. she's the most distracted human being on this planet. Like, she could be eating tired out of her mind, but if there is a a speck of light in the corner of the room... She will not drink the bottle. She's just... I, no, she'll drink, but she's just all over. So, like, if the TV was on 
while I was feeding her, she would have been up till like four in the morning. There's no chance that it could have worked. She has to be in a dark cave while we feed her. So I don't mind that. I, I honestly okay. didn't mind it. I said, you know, we'll put on pause. You know, normally if I pause a football game, I can fast forward through the commercials. You can fast forward between plays. Not the end of the world. Super Bowl, you don't want to fast forward through too many commercials. Can I just ask a question? Yeah. You couldn't have fed the baby 20 minutes earlier? No, so One time, it wouldn't have killed you? No, so she gets her bath at 6.30, and then she feeds, and oh. then the feeding takes like 40 minutes, and then she has to go to sleep. Gotcha. So, so she we couldn't like, move this eat... process up at all? Yeah, the whole part. Like, th- you'd have to move it up two and a half hours. It all right, so I'm confused. You can't so, move it up that much. So you bathe the baby you bathe first, the baby, and then you feed her? Then you feed her, and then she goes to sleep. But the whole process, from the start of the bath to the time that she eats, the amount of time it takes for her to eat, okay. and then for her to for to finish eating and then actually fall asleep. So bring this could full ta- circle. Could take I'm about two hours. Now. It takes a while. Yeah. So anyway, we we recorded the game, put it on pause while we fed the baby. And what time did you start to watch the game? So this is where, as much as I love my my daughter. She normally will eat and then go to bed fairly quickly. She did not. It was, it was daddy's first night back really with her since uh, his week away. She was up till like 9 o'clock. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't get to start to watch the game until 9. Now, the what? game. What? Yeah, the game. <laughs> and you're my producer? Wow. Yeah. Maybe it was like 8.45. Maybe it was 8.45. My oh, wife yeah, had cooked yeah. all these different things. It didn't, But it didn't matter because I don't need to be on Twitter. I don't need to be live watching it. I can watch. I can fast forward through the stuff. We watched half of the Usher thing and then move past it. So it wasn't the end of the world, right? Like half the commercials were funny. The other half we just blew right through. Okay. That so- like lull in between plays. I hate that crap when they're just breaking down the same thing I just saw again. I don't need to see that again. So I here's my it. problem. Yeah. Your wife is phenomenal. Right. She's great. Uh huh. I understand wanting to watch the game with her. Is she a big football fan? No. So she couldn't have uh, fed the baby, get the baby a bath, and then she starts at halftime watching the game with you? Yeah, she could have, but it didn't feel like an issue starting the game late. I didn't mind starting the game late because it was being recorded. So how'd you miss the game? So it didn't matter because we were recording it. However, this game went into overtime. When you record a game... Do you have pants on, by the way, today? Yeah, it's not... It's not Don't I seem shouldn't. like you're wearing the pants here anymore. <laughs> no, but again, it had nothing to do with the wife or the baby. We had the game recorded. Okay, okay, okay. When you record a game... Yes. And, and again, when it comes to sporting events, I actually enjoy recording parts of it and then... So you can watch fast it back. Forward. Yeah, but you fast forward through the commercials. You fast forward through all the nonsense crap. Okay. And you can watch the game kind of like the NFL Network shows it with, a, with all, you know, it goes from play mm-hmm. to play to play to play to play. Boom, it's great. So I actually didn't mind that part of it. So how'd you miss the game? So when you record game. a game, it asks you, do you want to add an extension? 30 minutes, an oh, hour, whatever. My God, so I said, yeah, overtime. I'll add the extension. Oh, For whatever reason, the damn extension did not take. When it gets into overtime, I'm noticing, man, there's only like five minutes left in the recording. <laughs> I hope that we're going to be able to get whatever happens at the end of overtime. But if not, I said to myself, even if the recording ends, oh, no. I'm on channel two. So if the recording oh, no. ends, it will take me right to CBS oh, and no, then I can no, just rewind no. it and, and catch up to where I was. Well... Christian McCaffrey has a long screen pass. Then he runs for eight yards. They're inside the red zone. And the recording ends. No! The recording ends as Christian McCaffrey runs the ball in overtime. (laughs) What? Okay, but then I say to myself, 
No big deal. No big deal. I'm on channel two. I cover my face. I mute the TV. And I'm like, I'm just going to rewind it. And I'll go back and I'll find the Can you the even point. do that, though? You Normally, you can. For whatever reason. I think you have to be watching live to rewind. You can, but the way I, so I was watching Channel Two while mm-hmm. also recording it. So once the recording ended, it goes back to Channel Two automatically, and usually, yeah, it gives you like an hour and a half of what was before, and then you can kind of rewind oh, okay. and catch back up. For whatever reason, last night it didn't. So not only did the extension not take, the recording ended. I get back, I cover my face, I realize that the re- rewind button is not working. All I see is Travis Kelsey celebrating the damn Super Bowl. <laughs> All I know is that Christian McCaffrey brought them inside the red zone with a stupid screen pass, and the next thing I see is Travis Kelty celebrating, not with Taylor Swift, just by himself with his teammates. I didn't even get to see the smooch. I didn't even get to see Taylor Swift on the field. Well, you know what All they I say? saw was Travis Kelsey and confetti. Damn it! I'm a, I've been a Jets fan my whole life. I never saw them win a Super Bowl. And I became a Chiefs fan this year so I can watch a damn Super Bowl. I still have never seen my team win a Super Bowl. I've never seen a team win a Super Bowl. You know what they say? Karma is the guy of the Chiefs. <laughs> and you've had bad karma all year because you're a Fugazi football fan. I'm not married, but I don't care in any relationship. Uh, the the football game live in the Super Bowl has to take precedence. I don't care about live. I'll be honest. I really did not care about that part uh, of it. Well, it costs you watching the ending of the game. You will now. If, <laughs> if I cared, if I cared, I wouldn't have made it. I've never g- seen Stu happier. Yeah, if I cared, I would have watched the game live and she would have joined me later. I didn't care because it was recorded, or so I thought. Oh, my God. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. And you saw a couple epic Santa freakouts in Vegas? Oh, there was a freakout last night. Oh, my. I, you saw a couple of them in Vegas. You know what? There was a bad one last I night. I may move your wife and, and baby to a hotel tonight. That's just not right. Zach Gelbshow, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 